Right, you know what? Gary has been trying to say, hi, how you doing? Hi, Tony Cantwell here. How you doing? Or do the whatever. What do I say at this top? Um, all right. How you getting on, right? Gary, you know Gary. The voice in my head who keeps telling me to shut the fuck up when I'm talking. Sorry to be swearing. That's Gary as well. Anyway. I made a mistake of percolating four scoops today, right? I've been percolating four scoops. I put four scoops into the cafeteria today. And Gary is trying to take control of the show. For those who don't know, Gary is um, is that my co-host in my mind who keeps thinking that everything that I'm saying is dog shit or I'm repeating myself or I say the same word loads of times for whatever reason. So Gary's trying to steamroll this show. And I'm not. And you know what? To quote, to quote Veronica Guerin, they're not going to win. And they're not going to win. Gary, you're not going to win. Right? So I'm not having him steamroll this. This is going to be this is this is going to be a great show. This is it. Hey. Reframe, reframe, honk honk honk. Boom, pata, boom boom, pata, boom boom, pata, boom boom, pata. Positive, positive affirmation. This is my fucking nation. I run this rule rule with an iron fist. And don't you go and looking at my wrist. On top of the thing is the fist. On top of my wrist is the fist. And we are going to... Oh, God. Let me, let me do it again. All right. Boom. Ta, boom, ba, boom, ta, boom, boom. Ba, ta, boom, ba, boom, pa, positive affirmation. This, I'm going to rule this nation with a fist. What, why am I saying the same thing on a tryst? You and me are going to have a secret rendezvous. And you are not ever going to do a poo. Ah, oh, God, Gary. <laughs> and you are not ever going to do a poo. You know I'm trying to compete with Blind Boy, right? I'm trying to compete on the top of the charts with Darren Garrahy and Blind Boy. Blind Boy reads a book in a week and then perfectly summarizes it through his beautiful mind prism and is able to kind of, you know, put his take, his his hot take on something, right? What do I do? I do a freestyle rap about not wanting to do a poo. Well, I'm having a fight with a guy who doesn't exist, right? That's what I do. This is my show. But we can't let the Garys win, right? Funnily enough, last week, when I was talking about Gary, I was talking about uh, GMTV. I know it's not called that, but I don't have the channels, right? GMTV with Holly Willoughby and Philip Schofield. And I was said, uh, saying that would, would Holly Willoughby tolerate a co-host if Philip Schofield was everything that Holly, Holly Willoughby was saying? He was like, shut up, shut up, leave it. Stop saying the same word every time. No, wouldn't. But then, do you know what it reveals? Scofes, yeah? Scofe had his own Gary. Scofe had a big straight Gary. Telling him not to say anything. Poor Scofes. Courageous Scofes. Well done. Well done, Phil. Well done, my peer. Presenter. Philip Schofield. I'm gonna start doing that on Twitter. I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna start acting. I'm gonna start acting like I'm a fucking hotshot, right? I already do. I already do beyond my means, right? But I'm gonna be like, big happy birthday to to my good pal Bono, you know. Big, you know, uh, great job, great job, Philip. 
I think us guys, us presenters, need to sort of set a standard here. And I think it's courageous what you've done. And I do. I do think it's great. You know, from one closeted man to another. I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not. I've never been so sure about, um, well, the thing is, I, I reckon there's a, I reckon there's a, a sexual orientation that I am that probably won't be revealed for 20 years, you know? The sexual orientation that is, loves women, fancies women, kind of likes cats, uh, but will never act on it. <laughs> and wants to be spooned by a big man. But I don't want him touching me. I don't want him touching me. Uh, I just want to be held by him. And I kind of want him to look like me, but be a bigger version of me. A, a hotter version of me. This is my sexual orientation, right? Um, I fancy Terry, my wife, right? Um, I love boobs. Um, oh, my God. No, I'm, no, Gary, fin I'm going to finish my fucking sentence, right? This is what, this is how I'm starting my podcast. If you want to start, Gary, Gary, what's his surname? Gary, whatever. Yeah, that's me saying whatever to you, Gary. Gary's shit, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> All right, cheers, Gary. You're, you're dead right. I'm going to move on. Um, yeah, this is my sexual orientation, Gary. I kind of fancy, I kind of wish women were cats, right? I love boobs, and I want to be spooned by a b buffer version of me who's proportionately taller than me. Like, if you, if, there was a, if you were in a Photoshop file and there was a, a full-scale version of me, you'd grab the corner and you'd proportionately make it bigger. I want to be spooned by him. Actually, no, I don't. I don't want to be spooned by me. I want to be spooned by Jason Momoa, and I wish I was Jason Momoa. That's what I'm talking about. Right? Someone, I was in the, I was at Galway, right? Uh, I had lovely gigs in Galway. Thank you very much, everyone who came. A few people actually made a trek. A few people trekked from Dublin. So, honestly, through the storms, through the storms, they're coming to see Cantwell. <laughs> Who's that guy? That's not Gary. That's the anti-Gary. That's the ego. That's the Momoa. They're coming through the fucking storms to see Cantwell. So thank you very much for the people who came. Um, but I was there with Martin Angolo, hilarious comedian, Martin Angolo. Check out his podcast, Canary in a Comedy Goldmine. It's very funny, him with Jer Stanton. Um, but obviously listen to my podcast first. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, like not. If you find yourself listening to that a bit too much and you're like, actually, do you know what? I haven't listened to Tony in a while. That's, don't do that. First preference. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about politics later, man. First preference, Tony Cowell. Second preference, uh, Canary Podcast. Anyway, chap uh, was chatting to me at the bar. Uh, and he's like, oh, man, I listened to the podcast. And I was like, oh, thank you very much. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so I can appreciate, look, this isn't, this is for the fans, guys. This is for the fans, okay? Well, no, it's for everyone. Please listen, everyone. What am I talking about? How did I get onto this? I want Nala with jabs. I want to be spooning Nala with jabs. And I want the lad behind me to be Jason Memo. Whatever. This is Tony Campbell's shit show.
I'd love, I'd love to have, imagine you had like an anecdote and you were like, 1995, Jakarta. I was asked to buy the king to, whatever, you know. Amazing stories like that. Time and place. Anyway. I tell you what, the, I tell you what the major scrap is I'm having with Gary at the moment, right? Is I feel like as this podcast um, progresses and look, we're on episode 11, huh? That's two more episodes than those idiots in Star Wars ever did. Well, let me just tell you this. It has more episodes than Star Wars, so you can decide how good it is, right? Well, how how good is Tony Catmull's shit show? Well, let me break it down for you. Uh, currently, it has 11 episodes, okay? Now, to put that into context, Star Wars had nine. So, hey, you fucking, you idiot, you decide how good it is. Um, So, this is what's going on in my head, right? Is that the fact that we're on episode 11... And when you do something like this, you know when you start doing something like ironically, like I genuinely say now, I was doing this thing was like, oh man, just, you know, I kept it off. You know, I I proposed and I married my wife and everything like that. And then people were like, oh, I didn't know you were married or I didn't know you got, I didn't know you got engaged or whatever like that. And I was doing this thing where I'd say, wait till you hear this. Like, you like this build up now? Wait till you hear this. I was saying this, uh, I was saying, ah, yeah, you know, uh, we just kept it off the sosh, right? That's what I kept saying. Yeah, yeah, just kept the old engagement thing off the sosh. And I was saying that ironically. And now I'm saying it all the time, you know? I'm just, you know, trying to take a break from the sosh. And people are like, what fucking word did you just say? You fucking. So I'm finding myself. Having done eleven episodes of this, that there's things that I that I feel like I'm saying all the time, and I feel like I've become a parody of myself. But hey, people are saying they like the podcast, so let's give you more of the whatevers and the anyway. Sure, these are the things that I'm like. I can't, I'm saying that too many times. But anyway, we got a lot to talk. Hey, sorry, I'm I'm moving up my seat and I uh, straining like an old man. We got a lot to talk about, like the election, huh? How about that? How about the election? Yeah, you know, uh, I just, I just, I don't, I don't like talking politics, you know. Ah, oh, just, I just don't like talking politics, you know. Uh, people have their own views, and it just always gets messy. Oh, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if I wanted to talk politics, I would have incredible points on it, and I'd have, oh, an incredible knowledge of it, and stats and figures, and I'd know the history of it, you know, and I'd probably be able to absolutely demolish it in a debate, but. I just kind of have this policy. I don't talk politics, so sorry. That's been my cop out now for all of my life. Yeah, I just, I just don't talk politics. Oh, really? Is it because you actually know fuck all? Is that maybe why you don't talk politics? No, no, no. It's not that. No, it's not that at all. It's just, yeah, just don't. Um, you know, we're having a good time. You know. Yeah. No, I don't know anything. I know the limited amount that I know, and I don't choose to know anymore. So there you have it. I mean, I love to be corrected. Um, that's something that I learned uh, as I as I as I got older. That you learn more when people tell you that you're wrong. Like uh, learning to drive. Like you can read the book and try and take all the information in, but um, it's kind of learning out of spite, isn't it? When you do that app, the the learning to drive app and rules of the road and all that. And then, like, you go through the test and you're like, you got seven wrong. And you have to go back and you remember all the ones you got wrong. It's just playing on our doubts. Do you know what I mean? I remember every stupid thing. You don't remember the answers you got right. You know? It's very clever. 
very clever way of tapping into our uh, our uh, psychological insecurities. Bloody RSA. Give us a fucking chance, RSA. Why are you always trying to make us... If it's not if it's not the lad without the fucking seatbelt did the damage, it's you trying to make me feel like an idiot in my exam. Shall I tell you about my love? Um, some absolute bangers uh, for the old car crash ads, you know. Body to body. Um, but you know, since not having a TV, since watching pretty much exclusively on the internet. Um, you don't see as many road safety ads, you know. Saw so there's a new one where there's a guy being like uh, telling your mates, can you put the seatbelt on? And it's kind of like, you know, you know, you have to say it. You just got to say it, you know. You got to say to the lads in the back, here, would you would you mind putting the seatbelt on? And the whole idea is like, look, they'll understand. But you have to be assertive and let people know. I find the best way of, of saying something kind of serious that you have to say to someone that you need someone to do is um, is to kind of make a, a joke about it and be like, here, dickhead, seatbelt. You know what I mean? Be quick to be dismissive. Be like, this is not... If I make this a thing, you know? It's like when some people are be able to like, here, here, fucking... Here, uh, what would you say? Say someone's chewing loud, right? Worst thing you can do. If you have to say Ant, I wouldn't say Ant. Just tolerate it. We're all human beings, you know? Let someone chew loud. But if, you know, you had to say something or or someone's playing music on their phone, you know, uh, you know, if being like, hi, sorry, excuse me, would you mind um, just turn? You just got to be like, hey, ghetto blaster, give it a rest. You know what I mean? Something like that. Some class like that. Hey, um, hey, Zane Lowe, uh, if I wanted to hear the radio, I, you know, hey, Adrian Kennedy, put the uh, quit the phone show. You know what I mean? Something like that, you know? You got to make gags, hilarious gags, and slag people to stop it, you know? So um, uh, so someone in the seatbelt, you'd be like, hey, um, hey, Batman, why don't you get that bloody belt on? You know, something something light, something light and really, really funny to, to lighten the mood. Saying to your mate, because it's difficult doing sincerity to friends, <laughs> you know? This is coming from a man. The first 28 years of my life were spent in a perpetual state of irony. You know? So it's difficult to be sincere and be like, Hi, uh, here, would you mind putting the seatbelt on, man? You just got to be like, Hey, Shawn Michaels. Is this a bloody ladder match? Get the belt. Whatever. Shut up. Shut up. I know. You're dead right on that one, Gary. That was shocking. Uh, But anyway... The Tish is out. The Tish is gone. Oh, there goes my Tish all out of the doll for Radker. Ooh. What a banger. That song, Oh My, by Tweet, was it? Featuring Missy Elliott. Oh, there goes my shirt all over my head. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a fucking banger. The tish is gone. It's a shame. And I'll tell you why. Don't scream back at me. Don't be screaming. Why is that a shame? Because this is the only tish in his... The first Taoiseach in history uh, to have seen Tony Cantwell performing live. He went to a Dream Gun film reads during the Dublin Fringe. 
from my understanding, he thought he was meant to be going into this kind of fairly art housey, well, it's art house if it's a play, but this fairly arty play that was next door, was ushered into the wrong uh, venue and sat through an hour and a half of us doing a comedic retelling of the film Goldeneye. So, Varadkar was there uh, looking bored off his nut while I was doing a dog shit Pierce Brosnan impression. Um, but, you know, I did kind of gauge that he loved it and that if my ma was ever, I don't know, stuck in some sort of international prison, he could pretty much bail her out. I had the tea in me back pocket. I had a I had a pack of tea shoes in me back pocket, ready to fucking whatever. I had the tea shack in my pocket, and the other one is giving a hand job. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, who knows who's going to be teach? But anyway, you went out, you voted, you went out in the rain, and you voted. You know, uh, so well done, well done, everyone on that one. Um. But you know who who knows who knows what's going to happen. Who knows? Um, it is it is nice though. It, it is it is nice to see. I don't know anything about politics. Why am I even going to fucking try and have this conversation? I'm this this I was about to regurgitate. I was about to regurgitate, but my wife said maybe they can now adopt the Swedish model where you have a kind of rainbow parties and everyone kind of has to kind of whatever. I don't even remember what she said. I don't even remember what she said. And I'm there trying to fucking regurgitate it like it's my own point. Regurgitate it. That's my new thing, right? A regurgitate, right? When I um, when I try and repeat someone else's opinion. Yeah, man, is that is that your opinion or is that a regurgitate? And then people will be like, what's that? And I'll be like, well, is that just uh, someone else's opinion that you're, uh, someone else's hot take that you're regurgitating? Yeah, I'm happy with that. That's the old Tony Cantwell model. If you can't chat politics and you sound really stupid, just make up a new word. Anyway... Uh, guys, also, Oscar buzz. The Oscar buzz. The Oscar winners came out. The Os- the Oscar winners pulled a Schofield and came out. Ah. I'm not having to go. Uh, let's see who the winners are, right? Um, let's see here. Oscars 2020. I got the vision. Who we got? Um... So, Joaquin Phoenix. Jauquin. Hey, Jauquin, you went for Jauquin. I wonder if they got Jaqueen Phoenix because his. For, whatever, shut up. Um, Joaquin Phoenix, right, for Joker. Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is great. I think he's a very good actor. Uh, and, you know, he's good. He's good in Joker. You know, but this is the thing, right? This is what winds me up about, about the Oscars, right? Uh, and well, no, I'm talking about two things here. Calm down, calm down, calm down. All right, I don't like people winning the Academy Award for Best Actor or Best Supporting Actor when it's something I've seen before, and and not even just like right. Joaquin Phoenix, I, I've seen that Joker before. Right, this guy, what he's a bit simple, he's disabled, he's disabled. Let's not. Let's not beat around the bush. This character is not the clown prince of crime. This guy, this guy couldn't. Like I don't, I, I don't even trust this guy to tie his shoes, or to quote Rowan Atkinson, I wouldn't trust him to sit the right way on a toilet seat. Right? He's, he's, he's. This character is mentally disabled. All right, Ment- mentally incapable. 
so and and even in the film seems to just be at the right place at the right time and gets people on board like I couldn't see him scheming anything but whatever I like Batman right I love the fact I've 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 come to terms with like things like Tim Burton's Batman. I go back and watch them. I love watching Joel Schumacher's Batman. But let's not like get this wrong here. Joker is a comic book film, and viewed on viewed anything other than a comic book film is ridiculous. It can't, which is so ridiculous that you know you even have a film like Joker nominated for Best Picture beside a Scorsese film, when the thing itself is just derivative of two Scorsese films: The King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, with Joaquin Phoenix just doing not even the Joker. Just doing a sick guy. Like, he's not... So, I don't like seeing people win. I'm talking about two things here. I'm talking about two things, right? Okay? (laughs) I'm talking about two things. One thing is... I don't like... He is not a brand new character, something I've never seen before. He's he's, he's, He's just playing a disabled man. Not to say that that's... A char- just a character type. But look, um, this is what I have in the, in the back of my head, right? And I compare every actor to this, right? Not, not, um, not, you know, Al Pacino in Scent of a Woman or Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump, right? Or Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. I compare every best actor to the man who didn't win for best actor. Jake Gyllenhaal in the film Nightcrawler, which I think in my opinion, is the best performance, best leading male performance I have ever seen in a film. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a supremely better actor than Joaquin Phoenix and also better than Leonardo DiCaprio Um, because he just, he inhabits a brand new person. Heath Ledger was probably even better than that. Heath Ledger, when he was the Joker, this is a brand, this is like seeing cool rock music where you're like, right, cool. He took an influence from a Tom Waits interview that he saw and combined it with whatever, you know. Or, or do you know what? I'm going to say it. Something brand new. Seeing, uh, seeing Johnny Depp do Jack Sparrow. Right? I'm putting him up there. I'm putting him up there. Brand new thing. Wow. That's such a new, cool, realized performance. You've created a character. Or this character is just so real that it's just come to life through you. Joaquin Phoenix, I just didn't get. I didn't get him as that. And I also don't like the idea of the Academy, the Academy, my, my peers in the Academy, uh, giving awards to people for just hurting themselves because it's just, you know, it's just a bit boring. I'm not into it. Which is why I love the fact that they gave the best supporting actor to Brad Pitt. Okay. Cool dude. Cool dude Brad Pitt plays an even cooler dude. Give him the fucking Oscar. Yes, man. He didn't have to go through anything, you know, arduous. He's not a character who hates himself. He just seems like a real stand-up guy. Brad Pitt played a guy who just is a real stand-up guy. A real loyal guy who just, like, I thought he was a better actor than than DiCaprio in it. Even though DiCaprio does his thing of, you know, being a bit of a loser, being sad, being, he just does intense. He does 50 shades of intense. Brad Pitt just rocks up effortlessly looking cool. Love it. Give give it to him for that. And he also just inhabited a new character. Even though it's Brad Pitt, you're kind of like, yeah, I get this Cliff Booth guy. He's a brand new guy. Laura Dern won for Best Supporting Actor, Actress, uh, and Dead Right as well. A brand new character, likes I've never seen in that uh, divorce lawyer in Marriage Story. Great. So, and I'm not having to go at Renee Zellweger when I say, come on, impressions, do you know what I mean? Come on. 
because she does and like the academy love that shit judy garland oh i've not seen it i'm not having to go i'm not having to go but i don't you know it's like when you hear idris elba's being mandela and you're like okay whatever won't you know it's only ever for oscars it's only ever you know playing someone great is only ever for oscars and rami malik as freddie mercury is catastrophically bad and it's such a shame right that that rocket man didn't come out the year that bohemian rhapsody came out because it is a substantially better biopic it is an incredible film and Tegan Egerton is sensational in it. This is why I love the Golden Globes, right? Because you have people like Taron Egerton or, you know, or I would have thought Brad Pitt for Best Comedy when, you know, Academy Award. But, you know, then they, they always give it to, okay, how, are you playing some sort of, like, like, should Joaquin Phoenix even be playing someone like that? Should they not have got someone in who's really like that? Do you know what I mean? You know, who's really just a bit, you know, Unstable, a bit mentally unstable. And you just lose loads of weight, you know? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I'm sorry if this isn't funny or interesting. But hey, this is my podcast and this is your free content. Okay. Um, and then best picture, right? Let's go through the best picture noms. Nom, nom, nom. It was popcorn, classics, uh, the whatever. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Right, here we go. Uh, these were the best picture nominees, right? So Parasite won. Right, spoiler. I've skipped right ahead. Parasite won. Bong Joon-ho, my peer, my fellow content creator. He does um, films and I do um, I do sketches and little bits, Instagram videos. But fellow content creator peer, uh, Bong Joon-ho, um, won for best director uh, and best picture with Parasite, and uh, and fair. It's it's a brilliant film. It is a brilliant film. Like I don't get, I don't get the Once Upon a Time and I I get I, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is Tarantino doing his thing. He does it expertly well. It's an excellent film. The Irishman is Scorsese doing his thing. Um, it's a great film. I wouldn't say excellent film, but it's Scorsese doing his thing. Um, but then you have something like Parasite, which just, I don't know how it got into Best Picture. I'm so glad it did. It won Best Foreign Picture as well. Um, but then when you see it there against every other film, it just makes sense. I mean, 1917, another war flick. Ford versus Ferrari, another sports flick. Joker, who has no business being in there, especially with Scorsese in, in the same category. It is just so derivative of, of, uh, of as I said, I've clearly learned the word. Tony, did you learn the word derivative this week? All right, Gary, leave it, man. Um, of Scorsese's films. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Tarantino doing his thing and his ode to Hollywood really should have been his chance. I mean, if he didn't win an Oscar for this, you know, literally like sucking up to, to Hollywood and the Academy, then I don't think it was sucking up, but, you know, they, they lap that shit up. Um, Little Women, you've got, you know, uh, an indie flick and a period piece wrapped up in one, you know. Uh, so that's the standard piece in there. Not standard piece, but you know what I mean? Kind of. It fits that part there. You have Jojo Rabbit, which is a war flick, but also the kind of indie kooky flick. The flick that, you know, if Wes Anderson had done a flick, probably would have taken that spot. And then you have Marriage Story as well. Uh, also indie flick, but also, you know, uh, a kind of family drama, right? So they all kind of have their place among all these genre of film. But then you have Parasite. And, like, it just shits on all of those flicks. It is just something completely brand new, layered upon layer of theme 
and the performances are incredible. The story is great. The surprises and the twists and the turns and the ending, it's all, come on, come on. Can't be begrudging Bong Joon-ho, you know. It is just, yeah, great job. Great job, my fellow peer, uh, uh, content creator, uh, Bong Joon-ho on your film Parasite. <laughs> that's my that's my Oscar my Oscar picks Tony's Oscar pick and mix nom nom nomination here at the Oscars um um I, okay this is my new segment right Tony Cantwell's Oscar pick and mix nom nom nominations and then it'll be um oh, winners whatever shut up <laughs> So, guys, as well as that, uh, so that's, that's that's my that's my Oscar bit. I've done my politics bit. I've done my Oscars bit. Um, and now, do you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Valentine's Day. Oh, keep your voice like this. Oh, keep your voice like this. Uh, we used to have a teacher who would lead us in choir, and he'd kind of like, Hit a, hit a tuning fork and get the kind of... Uh, and then he'd go, Oh, keep your voice like this. <laughs> Me and my brother laugh about it all the time. Mimi bro to be cracking up over it. Um, and you know what this guy did, this teacher? I won't name names. This is a different teacher than the other one I was giving out about. This teacher, Mr. Thorpe, right? <laughs> no, I like him. He was uh, my teacher in uh, school where I went to school. Um, this guy put me, right? Tony Cantwell. Tony the Voice. Cantwell, right? The masked singer. Because of his glasses and his hair, he shouldn't be covering up his gorgeous face. The masked singer, Tony Cantwell. Mr. Thorpe put me in choir B, right? And there was choir A who would sing, who would be like, You shall cross the barren desert, but you shall not die of thirst. You know, all that shit. Here I am, Lord. And then Choir B would hum. So Choir B would be... Can you believe it? Me! This is also the same teacher who... um, Well, I'm going to say it wasn't my fault. He put me in blackface. He put me in blackface. Not for the laugh. I was playing Martin Luther King. And I was a child. And he put me in blackface. And he painted me all black. And I was Martin Luther King because he had said, can anyone do an Alabama accent? And I put my hand straight up. And I went to the front of the class, right? This was the audition for Martin Luther King. And he says, right, do an Alabama accent. And I said, right, what's an Alabama accent? And he goes, oh, this is just me being a attention seeker. Being, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, in front of people. Yeah, class. I'll do it. And he goes, it's kind of like, well, I have, I have a, you know, I, I have a dream, you know. And uh, and then he was like, kind of like Forrest Gump. And I was like, got it, got it. I read the thing. I have a dream. And I was doing the whole thing. In retrospect now, so racist. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. And you shouldn't. But, um, so I'm probably going to get the bloody Justin... Justin uh, Trudeau treatment probably in a couple of years' time when I'm uh, the Tish, 
You know, it'd be like, well, Tony, you know, you obviously made a blockbuster after blockbuster with your peer Bong Joon-ho, and now you became Taoiseach, but you're going to get cancelled because we got a photo of you as a seven-year-old uh, or ten-year-old mm, uh, in blackface. So, anyway, how did it, whatever, whatever. Yeah, so he put me in choir B and put me in blackface, but one of the best teachers I've ever had. He was a, he was a, good, he was a good man. What am I talking about? Valentine's Day, <laughs> right? Valentine's Day. Guys, I got some tips for you, right? First tip. If you're the guy who's like, yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm not signing up for a bloody uh, conformist capitalist holiday. Yeah, I love my girlfriend, but uh, I'm not putting cash. I'm not I'm not la- lacing the pockets of the fat cats with cash. Is that what you think, yeah? So buying a bunch of daffodils for your bird is... Uh, Pumping stat oil into the sea, is it? Is that the same thing? Giving a florist three quid for some lovely daffodils. Daffodils, I think, are the most fabulous. They're the most, they're, they're, they probably, have, daffodils have the best entrance of any flower. You just pop the bulbs in some water and it's, pop, coming out the next day. Do you know what I mean? Just flourish. Women love flowers. So you, straight man, I normally, I normally, I like to speak to everyone here. I like to speak to the straights, the gays, the bi's, um, you know, the 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 gender fluids. But I'm saying this to you, straight man, because it's only you who's not paying attention. Get her some flowers. You got her now. Try not lose her. We focus too much on getting. We don't focus enough time on keeping and keeping over time. So here's some top tips for you. Right, get them. Get your partner. This is Tony's um, Tony's Valentine's pick and mix. Nom nom nominations, right? <laughs> Everything is the same thing. Right. A couple of tips. Now, some of these are some of these are wacky, but I'm going to give you a couple of ideas here to spice up your relationship with your partner. Right. First thing I've said, it, I've already said it. Get them flowers. Right. Um, if they don't like flowers, because my ex-girlfriend didn't like flowers. And I, I got her flowers three separate times. And she just used to leave them wherever we were. She'd leave them in a taxi, leave them at a restaurant. You know, I'm not saying it's the reason we broke up, but no, I'm only messing. Um, but my my current my current wife, <laughs> my current partner, um, for who knows how long, uh, likes flowers. So it's whatever. She likes flowers. It's cheap. You can get her flowers, right? And I get her the cheapest flowers there are. No, flowers are so expensive. So if you don't want to spend loads on flowers... Uh, can I recommend, right, is your is your partner a foodie? Do they like their food? Get them some cured meats. Huh? Get them some prosciutto. Yeah, get them some pancetta. Get them, get them a, get them a little, get them a deli, what would you call it? A charcuterie. Yeah, get them a nice charcuterie board. And tell them Tony Campbell sent you. Get them going to Sheridan's. Get them some, uh, get them some nice parmesan. Right? doesn't have to be flowers you can spend 20 quid don't even spend 20 quid spend eight quid eight quid on some cured meats and some uh some cheese (laughs) so that's my top tip number one (laughs) second thing right and this is a really nice idea you can have this right i'm doing this my wife doesn't listen to the podcast so she's not going to know this is coming right go on to uh facebook or WhatsApp, right? Or Instagram. The likelihood is, obviously, they're all, they're all the same corporation, right? They have 
the way courting has kind of changed in um, in this, this day and age is likely if you've just got with someone in the last seven years is that you'll probably have uh, a copy of you, what you, your first kind of messages back and forth because they're normally on social media. People don't even necessarily ask for people's numbers anymore. And in, this, in, in the case of WhatsApp, you probably you know would have these messages back and forth. Either way, Facebook, the corporation, has a cache that they don't necessarily see. They say they don't see, but you can get access to. So if you go onto Facebook, you can download pretty much every all of the what they have of you, which is all the things you've uploaded, all of the comments, and most importantly, all of the chat between people. So you could likely see in the last seven years what the first message is that you sent to your partner on Facebook or WhatsApp. Or, and I can appreciate, look, if, you, if you're not with someone, then well, whatever, can't help you. Do you know what I mean? Why don't you just maybe message a mate, say, hey, look, uh, I want have a, as a platonic thing, you and me just go see Parasite and we have a good time. You know, Valentine's Day, whatever. Um, I think Valentine's is not, you know, Valentine's is not for the early courting. Valentine's is just for the, you know, as the years get on to kind of show that you haven't really fallen out of love. Right? That's it, I think. That's my that's my interpretation. Now, I say all this. I'm going to fucking do fuck all on Friday, probably. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyway, my Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram idea. You can get these messages, and you can probably find the first message you sent back and forth. Right? Get that. Right? Print it out. Put it in a nice little frame. And say, this is the first thing. We actually have our first words together. See? Isn't that great? <laughs> Please write back to me. I'm being sensitive and I'm being sincere and I need someone to reaffirm that this is a lovely idea. But that is a nice idea, isn't it? Speak back to your headphones if you think it is. Get a nice little thing. Because, you know, you have these kind of, like, oh, this is the first place we met. This is the first this, this is the first that. If you have letters back and forth, we've lost that with tech. But you can get it back. And you can find nice messages you sent back and forth. If you were on vacation and someone sent, or you were away or whatever it is here. And especially now, there's a lot more long distance relationships now that are thriving uh, because of social media. You know, it's not not a to- total dystopian future that we're living in. It's actually quite quite nice. Whatever, says Gary. Right, I hear you, Gary. But anyway, you can print that off and you can put it in a nice little thing. Now, this, this is going to make you get... Uh, Here's another idea, right? And don't don't freak out, right? This might it's gonna polarize a couple of people, right? But why don't you for your partner, right? <laughs> I'm getting really shy now, right? Why don't you for your partner write your partner uh some erotic fiction? <laughs> write <laughs> Write a story about you and your partner in a sexy situation. Look, I know some people are going to be like, what are you? Cantwell loses the plot and my weekly podcast subscription in or erotica tirade, right? If they're into that, cool. If you definitely know for a fact they're not going to be into that, don't do it. But show, we're, I, don't think we're, I don't think we're always communicating sexually. You know, sometimes it has to just be in a mood and every other time we're kind of living on autopilot. Commit with conviction sexually <laughs> to your partner by writing a short story about yous. Now, I've done this. I've done this. I'm not fucking afraid to say this. I've done this before. Okay? I wrote my wife an erotic short story. Okay? And I'm fucking, and I'm good at it. I'm good at it, right? I'm good at writing erotica. This is a, you're, you're you're hearing from a guy 
who, you know, in the early noughts, I was, I was slinging D all over the internet. I was slinging D all over the internet, the early days of the internet. <laughs> I used to be going on the cyber sex chat rooms, right? I wasn't addicted. This isn't a bad thing. This isn't a shameful thing. And don't you try and shame me. I'm good at writing erotica. You just don't know this about me. Because I'm going to put it out. I'm going to put it out on Twitter. Why? Okay, calm down. Calm down. No one's accusing you of anything. You brought, I brought this up. I brought this up. I don't know why I'm freaking out. Anyway, so I used to be going on the chat rooms and you'd be like writing things back and forth. You know, I do this and then you do this and then, hey, we're doing this and hey, blah, blah. You know, and then it would kind of grow in scale um, until before you know it, you're writing this, you know, this sweeping fantasy epic, <laughs> you know, about um, about private parts. And this is this is my top tip, right? And as I said before, if you think your partner might be into this, do it. If you think they wouldn't be into it, don't do it, right? But basically all you're doing is is writing scenarios and then just using, like, you know... Why am I talking about this? Um, you would just... <laughs> you just say, right? So don't use... Um, if, if it's a swear, right? If it's a swear, just use that as the word, right? Like dick. And say boobs if you want. Or say tits. Do you know what I mean? Uh, but don't be using stuff like, you know, nothing's going to nothing's gonna lose, you know, you're not going to, you're, you're going you're gonna to break the vibe if you start saying something like, you know, Quentin, uh, Quentin had never seen such an exquisite bum bum, right? No juvenile language here, right? Say Quentin, Quentin's mind was blown with that ass, right? Something like that, right? And as well, don't, like for other words, like, you know, you wouldn't say something like the only thing other than the bum bum was her stellar bip bips, you know? Don't be saying bip bips and don't be saying ditties. Um, oh, my God. Top of the charts, top of the charts, right? Just because, you know, don't use the juvenile language, right? Um, like, and speaking of ditties, right? What the fuck is Sean Combs? Think of all the names this lad has had. I'm Sean Combs. Uh, and my rapper name is... Yeah, what is it? Uh, Puff Daddy. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Puff Daddy. Yeah, okay. Okay. Is that not a bit problematic? Uh, I don't see how... Oh, no, hang on. I've changed it now. All right, great. What, what's it now? Diddies. Okay. Like, did he... Is this some... He's like some seven-year-old who's found, like, a, a, a dictionary. <laughs> Diddies. <laughs> Anyway, and, and and you know, don't don't say something like you know, um, Quentin or I don't know why, but this is the name I had for the. So you got Quentin is the name of the man's name in this, right? And the the woman's name I don't know why this popped into my head, but I'm going to go with it. Sinatra, right? Quentin and Sinatra. She's foreign, right? Sinatra's Sinatra was getting a tingle. <laughs> You don't you don't want to say something like Sinatra was getting a tingle in her front bottom, right? Sinatra and then and the story is and I'm probably gonna release this, right? But it'll be under a pseudonym, right? I can't have people saying I don't want people linking this with my with the Tony Cantwell brand, right? I'm just saying that I can Right. Quinton Sinatra. That's actually the name. That's gonna be my pseudonym, right? Quinton Sinatra. Quentin Sinatra in 
um, uh, Quentin Sinatra's bum bum ditties and front bottoms. The the bum bum ditties and front bottom trilogy by Quentin Sinatra. I've lost I've lost it. Uh, guys, I'm sorry, I've lost it. Um, and I'm going to close. I'm closing. I'm leaving. I'm leaving now. Um, so that's my top tips for Valentine's Day, guys. Um, one thing you should do is get your uh, partner flowers or, uh, failing that, a charcuterie board of meats and cheeses. <laughs> Go on Facebook and find the first message that you wrote to each other and put that embroidered on a towel uh, or uh, a printed off picture. And write them erotica um, uh, under your own pseudonym. Quentin Sinatra is taken. And do not use the words uh, bum bum, um, willies, front bottoms or ditties. Uh, this has been Tony Cantwell's shit show. Oh, my. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway. No, you know, I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Okay. I'm just gotten a bit shy. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, sure. If you would like to come and see me live, I would love to see you. Uh, I will be this uh, February 14th, this very Friday. I'm in Cork in Cypress Avenue. Tickets are almost sold out for that. That would be cool if it was sold out, but hey, no big deal if not. Uh, February 20th in Limerick in Dolans. Please come to that. That'll be great crack. Uh, what, uh, March 14th in Rathout in Meath. Please come to me there. That'll be great crack. Tickets are selling very well for that. Uh, March 21st, the Spirit Store in Dundalk. Um, and then the other, uh, only other available date is March 28th in Cavanaghs in Port Leash. It's all kicking off. We're going to have a really good time, and I'd love to see you there and come see me live. But also, um, I will be performing, um, hopefully, some more of these uh, live chit show um, podcasts. So please follow me at Tony Horror on all the social and on YouTube as well. Follow me on YouTube. And hey, guys, they love you, and I love you. Bye.